0: Um, at New Hope, we're not a traditional type of church. We don't do things just for the sake of doing them, you know. We don't have our... our cute, there's, there's nothing wrong with any of these practices, but we just, we just do whatever the Spirit's leading us to do. And it gets really, really sort of, you know, in a conflict at the Christmas season. Because it's really hard to celebrate a little, humble, helpless baby when we know who Jesus is, right? So, so conversations may look a little bit like this this time of the year. Um, you know, we're not afraid of controversy here. We hit it head on. And so we're going we're gonna to learn because we can learn from anything, right? We're going to learn from Talladega Nights here this morning. Your, your conversations oh, might oh, look a little like this. this and so we, we have these conversations. <laughs> He was a sweet little baby at one point. That's what we're here to celebrate this morning. But we always have in mind, he is risen, he is alive, he is king of kings and lord of lords, right? Woo. Yes, there's nothing our Jesus can't do. And that's true about our Jesus at any age. Remember, even, even in the womb, he was filling Mary with the Holy Spirit, and so was his cousin John with, with Elizabeth, you know? You want to talk about evidence for the sanctity of life? I mean, right there it is, you know, spirit filled from before birth. I love it. So this morning, yes, we keep that in mind, that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. But we're going to go back, we're kind of going to do a flashback, and remember the birth of our Savior because it is so important for us to acknowledge and to understand because what we see in the birth of Jesus is our reality our flesh is so weak, and, and, and it can be tempted so easily. Uh, the, the same flesh, the God of all the universe dwelt within. He wrapped himself in flesh, and that is your reality. You are this weak human flesh that we need to crucify every day. And yet you've got the spirit of the living God inside of your life giving you life. So, like, you're dying to self, and he's resurrecting you, and you're dying to self, and he's... It's just... It's a hot, beautiful mess, you know? And that's the, the beautiful thing about the birth of Jesus, the humility that the God of all the universe chose um, to humble himself within, to wrap himself into our flesh, to live as we live, yet to overcome it every time, never once sin. It's just something that, important for us to remember. Um, And so I believe this morning, again, God desires us to better understand what makes this season merry and bright. We talked about a little bit uh, last week. We're going to finish this up this week. Because in today's world, we need to, to keep this mindset. We need to keep this reality in mind that God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the birth of Jesus. That's what it's all about. And it was certainly a time of great joy. But when Jesus was born, a great light entered the world. A great hope, a living hope, entered our, our, our history, right, of mankind. It's something to remember that that same living hope is still available to us today. That same great light that pierced through every darkness still is piercing the darkness today. Still giving us hope. Still giving us light. It's easy for us to see everything that's happening in this world and to see the darkness that it brings and to start to get frustrated and sort of downcast, Right. We see a lot of these things happening because of the poor choices of people, right? Anybody ever ever experience hardships because of someone else's choices? Becky's head's going to fall if she's shaking it so so hard this morning. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We see wickedness and we see evil, true wickedness and evil in the hearts of mankind. And we can sort of relate to that because had it not been for the grace of God... And it had not been for someone sharing the good news about Jesus with us. That's where we would all be. Who knows where we would be because of the the wickedness and evil in our hearts, right? But we see the pain and the grief that it brings. Whether it be at the hand of world leaders, as we we can see in today's world, everything that's happening, you know, because of uh, the internet and social media, nothing is sort of hidden from our sight. Whether it be at the hand of just unfaithful or stubborn spouses or or maybe friends that betray us and let us down, whether it be a job that may have been lost, whatever it is, we, we see hardships and difficulty, and we see persecution, and it's easy to get so frustrated by it. But it's so important for us in these times to shift our focus. It's important to be aware of the darkness that's happening in the world today. It gives us something to pray about, right? <laughs> it gives us something to fast for and to, and to intercede in. But it's important for us not to focus on that darkness around us to allow it to grow roots of bitterness and frustration in our hearts because instead we have the we're a prophetic people we're a prophetic nation we are priests and priestesses before the lord so we have the divine opportunity to see beyond the darkness to what god is doing in and through those hardships and we get to speak it into being we get to cooperate with Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, to see his kingdom here on the earth. We get to look and see the hope and the light that is within us that no darkness can ever snuff out. No darkness can ever snuff out the light of Jesus that is within us. It's important for us to lift our eyes up to God to see what he is doing in the midst of those things, right? Because none of it is going to stop his plans and his purposes for your life. Nothing can stop those things. None of the darkness and wickedness out in the world is greater than our all-powerful God. And even when mankind intentionally decides that they're going to just out of their wickedness harm us and persecute us and try to trip us up and destroy our lives, God can use it to bring good. It's just amazing how great our God is. It's important for us to remember that. We see this reality in motion probably more so than ever through the life of Jesus through the birth of Jesus. And John explained it sort of poetically in this way. He said in John chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 1, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, and of course he's referring to Jesus, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, the light that gives light to everyone was coming into this world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his very own and yet his own did not receive him. You know, we love to celebrate this merry and bright joyful time of the year, but for a lot of people they can relate to this painful reality that Jesus walked with. His very own people, our own family, our own friends, our own church, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ not receiving us, but rejecting us. It can be a painful time for some. Jesus walked that path, but it It ended well for him, and it's going to end well for you as well. It says that he came to that which was his own, but his very own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of a human decision, nor of the husband's will, but rather born of God. And and I love some of the adoptions, you know, here in our church family and everything, you know. um, Born of God, being adopted into his family, and just what a blessing that is to be chosen. Chosen even when you're rejected by your own. It's just the heart of the Father, right? And finally, John ends in verse 14. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So when God chose the timing to wrap himself in flesh, to dwell among us, it wasn't during the best time in our world's history. It was actually during a very dark time, full of chaos and power struggles and frustration and across the board. He came at a time when his very own people were crying out for a Savior to come to their rescue. He came during a time when people were seeking out the signs to look for so that they would recognize the Savior when he came. And yet when he came in the flesh, he wasn't what they were expecting nor seeking out. They didn't recognize him. They didn't receive him. In fact, we know how the story ends, right? They, they, they got so opposed to him that they crucified him. In fact, the great joy about being the light of the world experienced on that day was in contrast to a very dark reality. And I'm not trying to be a downer on Christmas Day, but we're just trying to remember the reality and why. His hope and his light is so important. Why we can rejoice in in this world. The circumstances in which God chose to come into the world weren't all that very merry and bright in reality. He chose to come in complete humility, living a complete life as you and I do, but having one difference, born of the Holy Spirit and not of a man, so he wasn't born into sin. He came as a baby, born to a young couple who weren't even married yet, through a mother who was a virgin. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. You can read that whole account in Luke chapter 1. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law of God, and yet at the same time, he didn't want to expose Mary to public disgrace. He had in his mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, I'm so, sometimes I'm so embarrassed and sometimes I'm so glad that God knows my thoughts, right? It's sort of a a double-edged sword, but knowing his thoughts, the Lord sent an angel. The angel appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, Joseph was struggling with something that we all struggle with, the fear of man. The the struggle of whether or not to believe what people are telling you. He obviously had some doubts that this thing was from the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, come on. Who wouldn't, right? Who would believe, you know, your your unwed, um, you know, woman that you love that she just conceived from the Holy Spirit? You know, it's a pretty tall tale. So an angel came and confirmed it to Joseph. And so it said when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, but he didn't consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. It's the most important thing for us in this life, is to not understand what is happening, but to walk obediently and faithfully to what the Lord is calling us to do. Even when no one else agrees with us, even when everyone else is standing against us, we walk obediently and faithfully before the Lord. So not only were the conditions of this world dark, but the family circumstances that Jesus was born into was very dark as well. For those of you who don't know, Joseph, or Jesus had brothers and sisters. Mary and Joseph did get busy. They did have children. Um, and so here we have the birth of Jesus, God in the flesh being entrusted to this young unwed couple, chosen to be his parents, first-time parents. And you can imagine what people thought, you know, a virgin birth, conceived the Holy Spirit, can you imagine how they responded to that claim? People didn't believe them. There's evidence not even their own family did. Thankfully, Mary had Elizabeth. It's all, it, it's all sort of my thoughts. We don't have evidence of it. But I have a feeling that she ran to Elizabeth because her own family wasn't understanding. And that was the only one that probably could. You know, A lot of us have that, that blessed family member that we can run to uh, in times of trouble. And, and she chose to go to Elizabeth um, in that encounter. You can read in Luke chapter 1. But we see here that even Joseph nearly ended the pledge of marriage had it not been for angelic intervention. He was almost rejected by his father. And in fact, he very well may have been later on in his life. We see clear evidence that later on in his life, even his own brothers and sisters didn't believe him. They just literally did not believe his claim to be the Messiah. In Mark chapter 3, his family said that he was out of his mind. They were going to stop him. (laughs) He was embarrassing himself. He was embarrassing his family. Mark chapter 3, his brothers and his mother went and said, you got to stop this, okay? You're you're flaking out. You need to get grounded again. They clearly didn't believe that he was who he said that he was. They tried to stop his ministry. Worse yet, his brothers seemed to wish he was dead. John chapter 7, verse 1 through 5. After this, this is adult Jesus, by the way, not baby Jesus. He went around in Galilee. He didn't want to go to Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brother said to him, Leave Galilee, go out to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works that you do. No one wants to become a public figure and then acts in secret. Since you're doing all these things, go show yourself to the world. In verse 5 it says, For even his own brothers did not believe him. So that's not speculation, that's black and white biblically the case. And you know, this world can be dark and difficult and challenging, but no one's life is more dark than one without the unconditional love of their family, one without the support of a healthy family atmosphere. There's perhaps no greater darkness out there in the world. We see that Jesus may not necessarily had that. We know Mary and Joseph had their angelic visitations, but we see several doubts along the way, not from Mary necessarily. She followed him faithfully to the end, even there at the foot of the cross. But the rest of his family may not have embraced him as we would expect. At the time of his birth, a world leader decided to have him executed. Tiny little infant baby. There was an order that he would be Killed. Can you imagine such opposition? This young, unwed couple—of course, they were married at that time—so they're, you know, young. They have their very first child, and a world leader wants your baby dead. Can you imagine that kind of opposition? Matthew, it's happening in the world today around us. We've, were aware of what's happening in the world, but they had the odds stacked against them. In fact, God knew that these things would occur, and yet he still chose to wrap himself in flesh and trust himself to that couple, because no word from God will ever fail. Isn't that awesome? Joseph and Mary didn't have to stress. They didn't have to worry about living their life perfectly. They were in God's hands. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem, And asked, where is the one that has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. And so he sent them off to Bethlehem, and he told them to go and to search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him as well. Did you know that sometimes kings and world leaders lie? Anybody know that that happens? (laughs) Nothing's new under the sun. It was happening then. He didn't want to go worship Jesus He was threatened. His position as king over the Jewish people was being threatened. And a man like Herod is not going to let any threat um, stand in his way. So, after they heard the king, they went on their way. The star rose and it went ahead of them. And it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him, and they opened up their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I love the angelic host. Don't you love that? They're just ministering spirits sent to us to minister to us. It's amazing what they do a blessing to have them on our side and so it says when they had gone an angel of the lord again appeared to joseph in a dream I, that name joseph and dreaming it just you know synonymous there and in the dream this angel told joseph get up take the child and his mother and run and escape to egypt and you stay there until i tell you because herod is going to search for the child to kill him Nothing in the evil, wicked minds and plans of man is a surprise to God. He knows what they're planning, and he has made a way to escape that. So he got up, he took the child and his mother during the night, and he left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so what was fulfilled by what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. You see this, the word of God being fulfilled with the angelic host and with us people, this cooperation that is happening all through the birth of Jesus. And it says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. He gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod had died, an angel of the Lord appeared a dream to Joseph again and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are now dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in the place of his father Herod, he is afraid to go there. Having been warned in another dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. He went there and he lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. Don't you love the prophetic word of God and how it fulfills itself? They, they did nothing to make these things happen. When I read through, especially Isaiah, the prophecies about Jesus, it sounds like nonsense had I not known the story of Jesus. Sounds like absolute nonsense. A virgin will conceive and give birth. If I was given that prophetic word, I'd really struggle to speak it out. But Isaiah gave it, and it was fulfilled. So here we see Jesus, the light of the world, being born into all of this darkness, all of this opposition, all of this strife, all of this opposition. I mean, the, wor- the, this, the, the world was stacked against him, literally. Yet he came, and he chose that time to come into the world, to wrap himself in flesh. Because he overcame a darkness that was far greater than we could ever experience in this world. Because he was the light of the world. Because there was a light within him. And that light could not be overcome. And we see that no word from God will ever fail. Every prophetic word of the Lord will be fulfilled at just the right time and in just the right way. And so as we celebrate this Christmas season, we consider it a time to be merry and bright. You probably won't hear about all this darkness in most church services this morning. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a downer, but, but it's, it's that contrast that causes us to rejoice. It is that contrast that causes us, as Sharon had shared this morning, Sharon, Sharon, you know, that in the, in the, in the contrast of the darkness of this world, we get to shine brighter. Our hope gets to, to shine brighter and to be more embraced, the living hope that we have in Jesus. And so we don't fear the darkness. And we don't try to shove it under the rug like it's not happening there's some bad stuff happening in the world so there's some rough stuff happening in our nation but we're aware of that stuff but we choose to rejoice we choose to give praise to god in the midst of it why because we have the word of god to stand on that is going to trump all of those oppositions and all the darkness in the world we get to give people hope because people are hopeless out there right now everything that they stood on is getting taken out from under them but we have a hope that cannot be moved, cannot be shaken. What an awesome opportunity to share the gospel, the good news about Jesus. We consider it to be a time that is Mary and, and rightfully so. Our Savior has come and his joy is our strength. So we always have a reason to rejoice. We always have a reason to praise. We always have good news to share with all people that will cause them great news as well, right? Isaiah said this in his prophetic word. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2 through 6. Surely God is my salvation. I'm not looking to the U.S. Treasury for my salvation and my provision. I'm not looking to any president or king or kingdom. The only one I'm looking to is God. Surely God is my salvation. I'm going to trust him and not be afraid. Because the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and he alone is my defense. He has become my salvation. And I love this reality. Just picture this, you know, that that song, you know, I'm stirring up deep, deep waters, digging up deep, deep wells with joy, you will draw water from the deep, deep wells of your salvation. That was a prophetic word of Isaiah. We are living in those days. We are are drawing water, living water from the wells of our salvation. And in verse 4, Isaiah said that in that day, which is today, you will say, give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make him known among the nations everything that he has done. Proclaim that his name be exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things, and let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud, sing for joy, people of Zion, because great is the Holy One of Israel who is now among you. We always have a reason to praise and rejoice. The worship team may not feel very joyous when we walk in, you know, and practice their Sunday mornings. But guess what? We're going to shake it off. We're going to rejoice because there is a reason for joy. There is a reason for hope because God is not finished yet. Amen? The heavenly realms, they are always praising. They are always rejoicing. They're always merry and bright. When the world is filled with darkness, heaven's great light and joy is not affected by it at all. No darkness of this world can throw a shadow on the joy of the kingdom of God. And that joy is within you. So we always have a reason to rejoice. We always have a reason to just kick our heels and and be joyful and give praise and, and have a merry and bright time. Because when we see from a heavenly perspective, we see better things. When we see beyond our immediate circumstances, we see God's goodness piercing through it all. We see the good things that is lying ahead of us. This may be a valley of shadow of death, but there are some green pastures on the other side. There are some calm, still waters, and the Lord's leading me to them. The world saw a young couple lying about her pregnancy. They shoved them out into a barn to give birth. They were given an animal's feeding trough as a cradle. But to those who are truly seeking God, the magi, By the way, it was a couple years after he was born. The shepherds, those who were truly seeking after him, they saw not this, I can't say it in church, child. They saw the Savior of the universe. They saw their Messiah. They saw the King of kings and the Lord of lords wrapped in flesh. They saw a living hope that was found in the living word of god and through jesus they they rejoiced because they knew they could overcome all things i mean if that little baby could overcome the opposition from even world leaders trying to destroy his life i mean what could they not overcome and we had the light of Christ within us that nothing can throw a shadow against. We can be merry and bright as His joy rises up within us no matter what our circumstances are. We can shine bright the light of Jesus as the glory of the Holy Spirit is revealed through our lives. So get out there. Shake off all that doom and gloom that keeps trying to you know uh, weigh us down through the world. May your Christmas truly be merry and bright. May your Christmas be merry and bright. May your life Be a reason for others to experience a little bit of joy, a little bit of hope in this darkening world as well, right? Because Christ the Savior is born. Amen. Amen. If I got the worship team come back forward, we, we we gotta end with some praise, right? Yeah! There is a reason, a reason. Oh, I'm sorry. A reason to rejoice! I messed up somebody's stuff. Sorry. Sorry, Tammy. It's here somewhere. Uh, All right. Yep, there it is. Okay. Sorry. I forgot my phone at home, so I was on paper this morning. We're messes, but we're Jesus' messes, so he's going to turn it for good, right? Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Because that's exactly what came that Christmas morning. Looking in that manger scene, looking at that nativity scene that we see so commonly this time of the year, didn't look very nice, didn't look very good. But to those who see the kingdom of heaven, they saw nothing but the goodness of God. They saw nothing but a reason to rejoice. And so we can look at our lives and see no greater thing than Jesus in and through them. Amen. Amen.